Hey guys, Jason Dundas here. Welcome to the Dundas Fit Podcast, episode 11. Today on the podcast, I'm chatting with Australian Olympic swimmer, Brianna Throssell. Uh, She just competed at the Rio Games and she is deep in training for the Tokyo Games, which is only three years away. And for an Olympic athlete, that is not a long time. Uh, She's only 20 years old. She lives in Perth in Western Australia. So we're going to talk to Brianna today all about how to train to be an Olympic swimmer, what goes into that training specifically for swimming, and how she balances her life socially as a 20-year-old girl uh, with being a professional athlete because I myself like to consider myself an urban athlete. So sometimes I like to know how to balance my life with being in the gym all day long. So we're going to learn how she does that. Uh, Today's podcast is brought to you by Dundas Fit Active Wear, which is available uh, in-store at David Jones, Australia-wide. Good friends at David Jones. Check out davidjones.com.au to buy it online or hit up dundasfit.com. Here's my chat with Brianna Thrussell. Roll it. All right, so you're 20. Um, yes. When did you decide that you wanted to be an Olympic athlete? What age? Um, so basically I went to my first Open Nationals when I was 16. Uh-huh. And it was actually coincided with the Olympic trials for like 2012, so for the London Olympics. And at that point in time, I guess my swimming, like I took it seriously, but I was just like, yeah, you know, I enjoy it. But then when I got to that competition, I was like, wow. Like, I saw, you know, all these older girls and guys make the team for the Olympics. I was like, man, like, that would be so wild to make that. So, I, um, yeah, I basically decided in 2012 that the Olympics were no longer a dream. They were going to be a goal. So, uh, so at 16, were you, were you just swimming at high school or were you swimming, like, socially or? Oh, no, I was, like, competing and everything like that. Okay. Yeah, I was, like, competing at nationals and things. And so it was like a sport. It was like if I played if I played cricket, it'd be like my sport. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then when you went to the when you went to the 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 tournament, you were like, "Oh my god, I got the bug." Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, it was like super eye opening, and I was just like, yeah, it was probably the most mo- motivating thing I'd seen. You know, just to see how excited people were when they made the team, I was like, "Wow, mm. I want to be amongst that." So. And then, yeah. did you win? back then when you were 16 at that meet oh well so i was in the open um it was like in the open category so like yeah i came i think i got fourth and like they obviously take top two for the olympics and i was like wow you know in four years time i kind of really need to drop you know two spots to to either you know place first or second to make that team so that's what i so aimed for is that pretty wild that you just were just swimming you know casually competitively and then you go down and compete in this event and you're two spots off being at the olympic games well like, I, did I that surprise you like i took like swimming pretty seriously but it was just like you know when like everyone's you know as a little kid or even like a teenager you're like yeah i want to make the olympics but you know yeah. you're not really serious about it it's yeah. not like this is what i'm working for da, 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 da. like i decided in 2012 with that meet that that was what i was going to work for okay so at that point then what what changed? So how did you change like your life and what, how did your training change? And did you get a coach and what was the big incremental changes? 
Oh, I guess, you know, for swimming, like, we always have a coach. Like, we're a sport that we always need a coach kind of thing. No one really does, goes on their own. So I'd had a coach all my life, but I kind of sat down with him at the time and was like, look, like, I'm ready to, you know, take my swimming to the next level, you know. And, like, I guess I was – my swimming, like, training as such didn't really change. Like, I guess I was more focused and things like that. But, you know, at the time – you can't just like be like, okay, let's just double the amount of sessions, double the amount of work we're doing. It doesn't really work like that. You're like, it's just like a slow incremental increase, I guess. So, so when you say, so the swimming training that you were doing, cause I swim and you and I have spoken about it. I'm like a diehard swimmer. I'm obsessed, but I, I mean, a lot of the time I get bored as in the pool, which I'll, I need to ask you about how to deal with that in a minute. But <clears throat> so if I train in the gym, I, you know, I can't go in and lift 50 times the amount of repetitions because I'm going to tear a muscle or burn out. I have to do a slow, you know, every yeah. week I might increase by a couple of kilos or whatever. And yeah, that's exactly the same as to me. So that's yeah. it. So, and, and then is there, so a period of time, do you give yourself, you say, okay, so I've got four years, I want to drop X amount of time off these disciplines. Yeah, basically, I guess we kind of aim for like a percent a year. So I want to drop 1% off my time. Like I basically had to drop 3 to 4% to qualify for that team. Wow. And then, yeah, I just kind of based it off that I wanted to drop like 1% per year. Got it. And then, and then so when you're doing that training and you're in the pool, talk me through what that looks like. Because when I go in the pool, I'm just a novice. But I, you know, I have Michael Phelps goggles. And I've got like... No way. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm all about it. I've got the Phelps goggles. I live in America. I got the Phelps bug. And then uh, I got an underwater iPod. So I listen to audio books. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm so, I've got like six pairs of goggles in my, uh, in my bag. I, Just in case one breaks. Well, you never know. Some of my mates had a brand called Zogs. Do you know Zogs? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they sent me a couple in the mail to try out, and then every now, yeah. every now and then I buy a new pair just in case it makes me a little faster, you know? So, yeah. So I get in there, and I go pretty hard, and I just crush out 40 laps, and then I get tired and just do a couple sprints and then leave. What's – I don't know anything about swimming training. What what? How do you even train? What's the process of when you get in the pool? Um. So most sessions follow, like, a generic structure of, like mm. – most are about 6K. No, okay. between 6 and 7 kilometers per session. And how, many, how many laps of the 50 is that? 6 or 7K? 140. Oh, my 140 God. is 7K. Okay, so I'm way off the mark there. Okay. Yeah. I'm only doing 40 um, laps. I need to pick it up. All right, so keep going. So, yeah, we do like a basically a two, two and a half to 3K warm-up each session, depending on, you know, what, what, what our sort of main set is. Okay, how long does that take? Two and a half k, three k. Oh, about an hour. Yeah, and, close to an hour. And just at a casual pace. No, like I guess the the, the point of the warm up is like we want to warm up like what we're going to be doing. So, like we need to you know kind of do a bit of like aerobic stuff as well as warming up like a more sprint sort of based stroke, and you know it kind of incorporates everything. Bit of kick, bit of pull. You know, we kind of just want to wake our bodies up. So it's not really just two and a half to three Ks easy swimming. It's a lot of, um, yes, specificity goes into it. Oh, so you're dividing that two K, two and a half yeah. K up into oh, different areas. Yeah, of, many things. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. So a bit of the kickboard, a bit of sprints, a bit of, you know, whatever yeah. the other strokes are. Okay, cool. And then at that point? 
Um, so then we'll go into like a main set and like they, um, yeah, they differ so much, but yeah, they can be between like one and three K basically. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, it really depends sort of what day of the week it is to what we're sort of doing. Like this morning, our main set was a one and a half K kick set. Okay. Whereas last night was a, like a two K, um, like for me, it was a two K butterfly set. Like it really, yeah, depends on the day of the week what our main set is. So, so if, and I'll take it back to, so I can relate to this. So if I'm in the gym and I'm lifting weights, each time I go in, if I want to get better, I'll take a deeper breath and I'll just push harder to hopefully tear the muscle, which will then repair bigger and then I'll grow, right? That's like my, I mean, I don't know if it's right, but that's my theory on how I get bigger in the gym, okay? And if I'm on a treadmill, I'll just get more exhausted and push harder. So in the pool, are you just pushing as hard as possible each time or are you hoping that the repetitive technique will make you stronger? What's what's happening there? Um, it really depends. Like I had on Monday night I had a set of forty fifties butterfly. Okay. And like it's a lot of fifties. How much yeah. break in between? Um, they were on a minute. So I was coming in at thirty one, thirty two seconds, so I was getting like twenty eight seconds rest kind okay. of thing. Oh my gosh. Um, forty. Yeah. So, like, that sort of set, it's not all about just go as fast as you can and hold on. It's nothing like that. It's more about, you know, you want to have good technique and just be at that sort of threshold aerobic kind of um, pace. Yep. Like, so you can literally hold the same time for 40, 50s. That was the aim rather than just, you know, going all guns blazing and, you know, only making it to 10 kind of thing. Got it. So that builds a different sort of cardiovascular strength. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Interesting. So, so when you're doing that training, if you're in yeah. the pool for two hours or 140 laps and you're just staring at the bottom of the pool for all those listening who, you know, swim socially like myself, how do you stay engaged? <laughs> and like, how do you just not get bored? Um, so I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it is so boring, but I think it's the, the, what it makes the difference is your coach and the people that surround you. Yeah. You know, like if I, if I had to train by myself without a coach, I couldn't do it. I would be so bored every day, but I know that like, um, you know, my teammates are there and like, obviously I'm really good friends with them and, you know, my coach is there and it's all like a really positive and encouraging environment to be in. So I, yeah, it's not, yeah, we don't really get bored as such. So he's, he's side of the pool and is he yelling things as you're going by and each end he's saying things? Is that what's happening? Um, he doesn't really yell things as we go by. Like, you know, when we get to the ball, he'll call out, you know, the time that we went or like any relevant stroke techniques, which need to be, um, like stroke pointers that we need to work on and things like that. But yeah, you know, that like, it's not kind of a sport that, you know, we just chit chat all day kind of thing, but yeah, you know, even just, even if you're not talking, it's the fact that, you know, you've got your friends there and you, you know, you know, they're there. We're all in the same pain going through the same thing. Yeah. So it's kind of like a solo sport that you're doing as a team a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly like that. Got it. Is there like competition at training about times? Like are people, cause if I'm at the gym with my friends and I lift heavier weight, I make everyone aware of it. Like, I'm like, yo, dude, I just, you know, I just threw up the 90 pounds and you didn't. <laughs> um, is there any of that going on or at training? Is it no, just... um, everyone's pretty level-headed, um, to be honest. 
So, like, it's a really encouraging sport. You know, if someone's having a bit of a rough day or someone's having an awesome day, you know, someone will lean over the road and be like, mate, you're on fire, awesome job. Or, you know, the other person might lean over and go, come on, guys, like, we're nearly there if they're not having such a good day kind of thing. Like, there's no... Like, like I guess some of us swim like the same events and things, but it's so good to have a training partner who's pushing you. Yeah. Like I know, like the girl that I swim with, won a silver in the four by two hundred freestyle relay, and like I'm starting to swim a bit of freestyle, so it's awesome to you know train with her and raise her in training. But it's absolutely friend friendly rival. You know, she would never yeah. come to me and rub it in my face if she went faster. Or it's not nothing like that. It's all a really encouraging, positive environment to be in. I think I think as an outsider, because it's such a lot of work. What like what you just described, one hundred and forty laps. How many days a week do you train? Um, nine nine swim sessions. Okay, so nine swim sessions in a week. Let's say you're averaging like one hundred and forty laps. Everyone there knows how much work goes into even yeah. qualifying. So it's more of a. I think it's more to me as an outsider. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like a supportive thing that you're all a part of it and you've all made that effort to be in that world. Now, whatever happens beyond that, everyone's stoked. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's cool. That's such a fun environment. That's nice. Yeah, it's wild. That's cool. Okay, so so for novice swimmers, from your experience now being, um, you know, an Olympian, you train nine swim swim sessions a week, what's, what's like a good sort of benchmark for someone like myself or someone else who wants to go out there to swim socially to, to burn calories and get fit? Like what should they do in the pool? Oh, that's a crazy question. Like I don't even think I could answer that. Like I've never sort of done it for, for fitness. Like as such, like I do it because it's it's the sport I've chosen. Yep. Like I, I don't – I honestly don't know. I guess um, – Okay, well, I'll tell you what I do, and then you yeah, just tell me yeah. what's wrong with it or what's right with it. No. Okay, so yeah, okay. so I do weights three times, uh, four times a week. Yeah, I do uh, upper body and legs twice a week, and then on the other days I swim. Okay, so what and what I'll do is I'll get in the pool and I'll do one k, which takes under twenty minutes, and then I'll do uh, ten to twenty laps, depending how I'm feeling of sprints, because I want to build up like a thicker frame. And then that's it. And then I'm out and I do that a couple of times a week. Yeah. Should I be going longer or, or is it? It it like it depends what you're trying to achieve. Like I guess like a longer swim will more build, you know, your aerobic capacity and, um, you know, your muscular endurance, um, like cardio respiratory, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Like longer yep. swimming will do. And I guess it's also quite a good thing to um, – it's like a lot of me time. Like we have a joke in swimming that, you know, if we're given like a kind of a long, longish, boring set, we call it me time. Okay. And, you know, it's time to just get in your own thoughts and, you know, like a bit of like mindfulness while you swim. So like the, in that sort of respect, it's quite good for longer swimming. Like if you want to like clear your head, have some, you know, you time to think and stuff. But like if you don't want that sort of aerobic conditioning, like I guess, yeah, yeah the sprints, like I guess that's more – like anaerobic where, you know, you're using like your ATP system, like things like that where, you know, you spike your muscles. Like, And I guess I don't really know the aim of it, but I guess it would like sort of increase your sprint, um, sprint, like well, your... I think it would build, it would build, um, 
I think there's type one and type two twitch fibers in the muscle. Yeah. And, and one of them's, you know, for sprints and one's for long distance. I think if you, yeah. I think it would work like a running sprinter, right? If you did sprints, yeah. you would build up a thicker frame. And if you look at the guys doing the fifties, they're a bit thicker, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess if you look at like marathon runners, they're, um, yeah, they're yeah. long and lean. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Well, so I guess I'm doing the right thing, but I, I use, I do the me time in the morning. I use this thing called a muse headband. I do a 20 minute meditation session every morning on that. Yeah. It's like this device that works to your, um, an app on your iPhone. And then it gives you real time data on how, how, what percent your brain was active, what percent you were relaxed and what percent you were completely calm. And then it can, oh, yeah. can give you analytics on, I've been doing it for 17 days straight now. And it tells you exactly the trajectory of how you've been going. It's like really informative and helps out. Okay. So do you do any meditation or is the meditation, the me time in the pool? Um, I guess we used to, we did yoga, if that counts for, we did like a six week block of yoga and that was, um, that was good fun. Well, not like not fun, but yeah, it was really interesting, but no, we don't really do any of that sort of thing. Okay. What, like so, in terms of meditating and things like in that. In terms of meditating. Yeah, I thought you might have done it personally. But I guess the me time is your is your meditation. Um, okay, so the 2016 Rio Games is your first Olympic Games. Yeah. Um, how long out from the Games do you qualify? Is it a couple of months? Or yeah, a... so we qualify in April. Okay, so, and, and then the Games are like July or August like or something. four months that? out. Okay, so in that four months, did you just shut down every other aspect of your life and go deep into training, or what changed at that oh, point? God no, um, <laughs> like I, I'm someone that I just need balance in my life, and I, you know, I'd struggle without if I just focus everything on swimming. So you know, at that point in time, I was finishing off, you know, first semester of uni and things like that, which um, you know, I thoroughly enjoy studying, so that kept me really busy, but. Yeah, in in a way, I was a lot more focused on on swimming, but I didn't just you know say no to everything else because the key is balance, and you know you got to have yeah. a really balanced lifestyle to to. For, well, I believe you have to have a balanced lifestyle to succeed. So when you say balance, do you mean socializing with friends, going out one yeah. day a week, seeing movies? Is that what you mean by balance? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, not just you know just thinking about training twenty four seven. Like I um. You know, I was at uni for the for the week and did a bit of, you know, went out on the weekend. I'm not saying every weekend, but yeah, just just kept myself, you know, busy without overdoing it. Yeah. And then what about the diet? How does the diet work with balancing your lifestyle, but also being an Olympic athlete in training for the Olympic Games? Um, swimming is a sport where, like, your diet doesn't really. Um, it's not something that, you know, plays a huge role. Like, obviously, we do a lot of Ks in the pool, so swimmers are renowned for being quite big eaters and things like that. But, like, in terms of, like, diet as such, like, it's just, like, all about balance. Swimmers are, like, people that generally just have a good balance of everything. You know, we're not people to cut out carbs or just, like, load meat. Like, it's nothing like that. We're all about balance. And, you know, I cut, like, um, alcohol out, like, yeah, I don't think I drank at all from like the last night of nationals until um until Rio and I did the same in the lead up till nationals kind of thing. I'll go like three or four months without drinking and like not not because I believe that's gonna be the deciding factor on how well I swim, but it's just something that I like to do kind of thing and 
yeah. Yeah, right. So what do you eat normally? You just, you just like, because yeah, I eat whole foods, but I do this thing called like an 80-20 rule where I'll allow myself to eat, you know, a pizza whenever I want, but 80% of the time I eat healthy. Um, yeah, look, I'm probably not the best to talk to in terms of food because I... Because <laughs> you're 20 I, I, and you just do whatever. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, as long as, like, you know, skin folds are all good, um, weights, like, where it needs to be. Like, I don't really... I'm not really fussed about what I eat kind of thing as long as my body's getting enough fuel to be able to train. Yeah. Which, like, which it is kind of thing. Then, like, it's all good. Like, you know, not like I don't really have things like fast food ever or, and stuff like that. But don't get me wrong, like a bit of chocolate every now and then or each day or whatever. Because I, so, I, lo- well, I love McDonald's and I love In-N-Out Burger, which is here in LA, and I love Chick-fil-A. I'm a demon for fast food like that every now and then. So oh, just, really? Yeah. Because I, I, I worked at McDonald's when I grew up. So oh, I'm – yeah, I did two years at <laughs> McDonald's. So I'm a demon to put junk food in my body once every now and then. And then to me, it kind of resets and reminds me why I don't eat crap like that. <laughs> and then I eat healthier food. So to me, it sounds like you're eating a pretty bloody good diet all the time. Yeah. I mean, like nothing's perfect and things like that, but I just don't enjoy things like fast food. Like I'd way prefer, I don't know, like mum's cooking at home kind of thing. Like yeah. I just don't get enjoyment out of that. And I'm like, I'd way prefer just like a couple of squares of chocolate like after dinner at night rather than, you know, going out to Macca's for a burger or something. What chocolate do you have? Oh, anything and everything. Like or just like Cadbury or something? Or yeah, do you like yeah, just something, yeah, something like that. You should check out this chocolate called Lily's Chocolate. Lily's? Yeah, you get it over here in LA. It's, it's oh, well, made... I'm not in LA, am Well, I? you can get it online and it's uh, made with stevia so it doesn't have any refined sugar. And it's really high-grade cacao, so it's a high dark chocolate, which is rich in antioxidants. It's super good for you. And they make, okay. this, they make this one with sea salt, which is freaking awesome. I crush packets of that stuff because I kind of pre- <laughs> I pretend that it's healthy. I'm like, oh, it's antioxidants. Just eat it. So yeah, ch- see, that's where I think there's an issue. It's like, yeah, it's, like, healthy, so I'm just going to, like, smash it. Whereas, like, I'm just like, look, I'll just, like, can limit my portions of having chocolate that I'm actually really going to enjoy, like milk chocolate or like hazelnut chocolate rather than being like, yeah, I'm just going to like half enjoy this super dark chocolate, but I'll eat lots of it because it's supposedly healthy when really like it's got like... Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I like that. So The Rock has a cheat day. I think it's on Sunday where I follow The Rock on social media and he um, he actually tweeted me the other day. I nearly died. But he um, he basically eats whatever the hell he wants on Sundays, but goes hardcore. He doesn't eat, like, healthy junk food. He eats full-on, like, a stack of pancakes and ribs and all this, like, aggressive junk food just so he can have it every now and then as a balanced diet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so back to the Olympics. So you, you do the, the four months lead-in, and then when you get there, how are you feeling you know, mentally about being at a, a competition of that level? with Is there pressure? Oh, absolutely. And things like the media was insane, you know. Um, yeah, so it was kind of like having to turn off. Like it's it's like being in, at the Olympic, in the Olympic Village is like being in like a little bubble. You have no idea what's going on in the world. You know, you get messages from friends being like, hey, like you're on the news tonight or hey, just read an article about you. And you're like, oh, really? Like, 
things you just don't even know are, that are going on are going on kind of thing. Is that because there's is there no internet in there or no, no TV? No, like it's more the fact that you know we're there to do a job, so we kind of tune out from anything else that's going on. Ah, interesting. And yeah. everyone's doing that as a whole in the village. Yeah, it's kind of like a yeah. It's not that they're all tuning out, but like it's all a pretty like it's an environment where you know we don't you know we don't get the paper every day to read it or we don't watch the news kind of thing so we don't really know what's going on or what's being said about us back home which is a good thing until you arrive home and everyone's like oh so this happened and that happened kind of thing but yeah, yeah so it's like being in like a little isolated world in the village but yeah it's it's yeah it was incredible so, so in LA, if you go and audition for a big TV show, you walk into a room, there might be three other guys in there that are, you know, super handsome. They look cool and you get a bit nervous. You start to judge them and question yourself. Is the village a supportive environment, like the way you describe swimming practice, or is it hell competitive? No, it's a really, oh, I found it a really beautiful environment. You know, you walk past some of the big guns like Novak and, you know, you'll smile and they'll smile back. Like it's not really a standoffish environment, but until you get sort of to your competition venue and when you start racing, then it becomes, you know, competitive. Oh, is that right? So there's like this beautiful harmony amongst all the athletes in Pleasantville. Sort of, but especially like, you know, once the swimming was finished, we, we all kind of partied a little bit together as swimmers, like from any nation. And it was crazy. Like every single thing was just left at the pool. There was no, you know, everyone just got on. Like, you know, we'd just be mates forever rather than we'd just finish a competition where we're all racing each other to the death, basically. Like I found that really interesting. It's like, it's like an MMA fight. They kick the crap out of each other and then they go and shake hands at the end of it. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, what's happened has happened. We'll leave it in the past kind of thing and let's go enjoy ourselves. So I met this guy two nights ago in LA at dinner. His name is, and he said he met, I don't think he met you, but he said something about you guys. I'll tell you in a sec. His name's Santo Condarelli. He's Mm -hmm. uh, 22 and I think he does the 200 meters freestyle. He's in the US Olympic team. And I I think he got fifth or something, maybe. He's like a model as well. He's like a good looking dude. He, um, I said, do you know my friend and what do you think of the Aussies? And he said, he said something interesting that I noticed actually being here in America when I was watching it on TV. He's like, Aussie Olympic athletes, especially the swimmers, just radiate positivity and they're all smiling. No yeah. He's like, they just smile the whole time and they just look happy. How interesting. Yeah. That's the feeder. Oh, you know what he was? He was in the hundred meter. And he was, he, at the 50, so at the first turn, he broke the world record and was coming first. And then the last 10 meters, he died. And then that Aussie bloke won. Yeah, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle beat him. Yeah. I gave, no him, I gave him hell about it, actually. <laughs> I was like, yeah, mate, you can't mess with us Aussies. <laughs> wow, I've never heard um, that being said about the Aussies. Yeah, so he he was really down. He thought the spirit was amazing. And then you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and then you especially. He was like, yeah, yeah, mate. She was just smiling all the time. He said he saw you in the village, but I don't think you guys spoke or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's good. That's good feedback, international yeah. feedback. Oh, 
Oh, how interesting. Okay, so when you, I want to know this, right? And I feel like this relates to a heap of people. So if I go into a business meeting or if I go in for the final show, a final meeting at Warner Brothers to host America's Best Dance Crew, I put myself in a bit of a psyche and a bit of a headspace. So what did you do mentally and physically, you know, the 10 minutes before you get on the starting blocks of the final? You're in the 200-meter butterfly, right? Yeah. Yeah, what did you do in that 10 minutes prior to, you know, the final of your first Olympic Games? Look, see, this is like, this is where I kind of went wrong, I think. So <laughs> I remember going, going going into the marshalling area and I was like, right, so I'm going to race the Aussie girl, Maddie Groves, who I have never beaten in my life. Whenever we've gone head to head in the 200 fly, I've lost. Okay. She got I'm second, also, right? Yeah, yeah. She won the silver. Okay. And then I'm also racing um, the Japanese girl who is the world champion from last year. Okay. As well as... Um, the Spanish girl who I was in the race in 2014 where she broke the world record short course. And I'm like, oh God, I, all right. My headspace is just like, wow. Like there's just, I'm already thinking that these three girls are absolutely un- unbeatable. So like from the start, you know, I was probably not thinking what I should have, should have been, you know, like I should have been thinking that we're all in the same position. No one at the moment is better than anyone. We've all made it to the final. Absolutely anyone has a chance and no one has won it until, you know, we touch the wall when we're ranked first to eighth. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I kind of went wrong. But, you know, live and learn. Did you have music playing or anything, like in headphones? Um, No, not really. I generally go to the marshing area without music. But, like, on the way to the pool and things like that, I like music just because the bus is super busy and things like that. But, yeah, I don't really listen to it in marshalling. Yeah, I noticed like some some athletes go out there like listening that you know they have the huge Beats headphones on. They're yeah, like Kobe Bryant or kind of cool. Yeah, it's yeah, like a total look, you know. Yeah, totally. So yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. when it comes to that sort of stuff. I, was, I read this book the other day by an author called Napoleon Hill. It's this book that took twenty years to to write. It's this old classic entrepreneur business book in America, and he talks about the greatest success stories of American. Um, businessmen like Dale Carnegie and and uh, Edison and all these people and Henry Ford. And he says in there the power of persuasion and the power of the mind. And he talks about the fact that, you know, you should be convinced that you're the best going into the yeah, job. absolutely. There should never be a doubt in your mind because the power yeah. of, of the mind can, can throw you off the race. So yeah. It, it, retrospectively, and I guess in your next Olympics, you go in thinking I'm the best, I'm going to win, no one can touch me. <laughs> exactly yeah what literally you, that's what you got to think yeah so so you finished sixth right no i finished eighth oh you finished eighth okay so yeah. then so then what happens so you're only 20 so what happens yeah. after so after that you guys all partied it was great you made a bunch of friends it's like the best experience ever so now yep <laughs> career wise yeah. What happens with the swimming at this point? Are you already set in training for the next Olympics? And is it Tokyo? Oh, yeah. Is it yeah, to- Tokyo? Tokyo? Uh, yeah, you're already set in training. Did you take a break for a period of time? Yeah. So basically, after like the day I finished my race, I had basically four weeks off until the day. So, did you go like, nuts? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a week, a, half, a week and a half, almost two weeks was spent sort of in Rio, you know seeing other sports and things and then travelling back and we, you know, came to Sydney and um, for the welcome home there and then flew back to Perth. So, yeah, and then I basically had two and a half weeks off in Perth where I ducked down south quickly just for a getaway and, 
you know, I've tried to catch up with uni, went to some, you know, welcome home celebrations, things like that. So it was kind of just like getting your life back on track, getting into the groove of things again before you kind of got back into swimming. Okay. And then so oh, yeah. now, now you got a, well, you got three and a half years until the next Olympics. Yeah, basically. Like so, less than that, just over three years until our trials kind of thing. So, so like it's what we're work, working towards in the long run. But we got things like um, Worlds, Comic Games, um, yeah, things like that in between. So, yeah, that's what we're sort of – our short-term goal is to qualify for Worlds this year. So at the start of our chat, you said when you when you decided at 16 to, to compete in the Olympics, you wanted to shave yeah. off 1%. Or 1% or one second of your time? 1%, right? 1% a year. So if you do 1% per year for the next three years, will you be the – will you have an Olympic champion time? I don't know. Like it depends what everyone else – what, you know, other people and how they, you know, progress with their times as well. Hmm. I would just convince myself that I would. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be the best. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Cool. I, I find it so fascinating. I kind of like wish, and sometimes I think I'm a bit of an urban athlete. I'm a bit of an athlete in life versus like a competitive athlete where I get a medal and get to stand yeah. on, on a podium. But um, mm-hmm. no, that's cool. I really enjoy talking to you. I appreciate sharing all those stories. Hey, so one, a- one other thing I'll say to you. So I think you have some of the best lady abs like around. How, how, I know there's most of the time I interview dudes on this show and we talk about getting six pack for guys. And what I do is I lift a lot of weights on my abs and then I eat a certain amount of food, do a bunch of cardio, and then it makes the muscle pop and get thick. I mean, I don't know what you do in the gym, but you obviously do a bunch of laps in the pool. Do you, do you have any, like, um, any tips for anyone, any girls on how to get lady abs? (laughs) <laughs> so yeah we do like two massive core sessions every week kind of thing and like aside from like eating and like exercising properly like we're not about like having abs like it's not about that it's kind of about building a strong core I think there's a yeah. difference between I just want my abs to look good but yeah I want a strong core yeah. um we're all about like the swimming swimming as a sport involves a lot of core and like core stability uh-huh. and that's what that's what like we kind of train for so yeah we do like to like 45 minutes um sessions a week of like core work and what are the exercises that you're doing oh a lot of them are on i don't know what you call them call them in america but like swiss ball fitball kind of oh yep 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 yeah a lot are on that and a lot of like um rotation things um like on the cables okay yep i do a bunch of that rotation stuff because we are um yeah like swimming is about sort of controlling your rotation in your stroke like to minimize, you know, drag and energy expenditure and things like that. Oh, got it. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. So there's no real trick. You just got to do two 45-minute core sessions a week and you get abs like Brianna. <laughs> oh, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, on, on that note, I'll say thanks so much for coming on. That's okay. I appreciate it. No problem. And uh, I'm sure people, you know, I get, I like, I don't know whether you, well, obviously you don't know this because I don't tell you, but like when, when I follow any athlete, I get inspired just by the fact that they're doing it. And then when I messaged you and said, can you come on my podcast? You were like, why, why, what am I going to talk about? Cause you're, you don't even have to talk about anything. The fact that you're actually competing so regularly 
to compete in an Olympic sport is inspiring to anyone to know that you're actually living that life. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you're yeah. Yeah. So everything you say now is inspirational to everyone. So thank you so much. And um, oh. yeah, it was cool to chat. But no uh, problem. thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. Cool.